Danny Flexen here for seconds out with my old friend, Sky Sports head of boxing, Adam Smith. Adam, how are you? I'm very good, Danny. Busy day, though. We're slightly late to the press, which is uh, unlike me, but I had a, had a big journey over from Sky. We had loads of meetings this morning. There is a lot happening, as, uh, as you and I know. Boxing is absolutely buzzing. Um, there's stories every day. There's fights every week. Um, it is. I, I, I had a big, actually, big general Sky Sports meeting yesterday uh, with the other sports. And, you know, the, the head of football was there, the, the head of Formula One, all, all the other others and they're fascinated by our schedule it really is a powerful one uh, going forward to the end of December and uh, we're delighted because um, yeah it's it's flying high boxing and um, not just on Sky on BT as well and uh, on all the other channels I was just in LA at the weekend to watch uh, Fox's uh, great output and we covered it too back home for uh, that wonderful fight with Errol Spence and Sean Porter so yeah listen boxing's booming around the around the globe and uh, I know top rank are taking this and we're taking this golden contract this is something new and you know, we're always interested in things like that uh, innovative co competitions and tournaments so uh, yeah listen it's uh, it's just busy times isn't it we're obviously here just after the press conference for the golden contract um, tournament which kicks off on friday night at york hall with the featherweights some really intriguing matches that probably wouldn't have been made without this tournament concept. Was that one of the things that attracted you to take it for Sky Sports? Yeah, absolutely. One of the things, and the draw as well, sort of coming on the week and sort of, you know, who's going to pick who and is he going to avoid him because of the orthodox and southpaw? He's the favourite, actually. As Lee Wood said, I fancy him. I fancy a difficult one first. So, look, it's, um, it's a great concept. Um, actually, it came to me a while ago. Matt Macklin uh, told me all about it. Obviously, very close colleague of mine um, and uh, has been involved with MTK. And MTK have a huge amount of fighters. Uh, my first caller was obviously to Eddie Hearn. He's our exclusive promoter. And uh, Eddie was very up for it as well. Um, so, it's really good that we can bring something like this to, to Sky Sports. Um, anything that sort of increases our schedule and uh, packs it out for the customers is good, you know. And... I think we've had, uh, obviously, a lot of international fights over the year. We've had uh, some good domestic shows, but we've got some really, really good match from UK domestic shows coming up uh, until Christmas. We've got the one in uh, Newcastle in September, which I can't wait for, the, uh, um, the Ritson and uh, Robbie Davis fights. At very bad blood there. And Savannah Marshall uh, uh, on the card as well, and uh, Ted Cheeseman and Fitzgerald. It's, it's a great card, that, in the northeast. We've got the wonderful uh, Manchester uh, Arena for uh, uh, Katie Taylor. Taylor. Um, delighted to have her and worked very hard on that whole bill actually with Joshua Boazzi and Anthony Crawler's sort of goodbye fight. So delighted to have Katie at prime time uh, for the Irish and, and the UK audiences in Manchester. Uh, Joshua Boazzi and, and Katie Taylor are a, a, good, a good blend together on the same show there. So, so lovely outside the ring, so quiet and calm and so ferocious and fantastic to watch inside the ring and obviously Anthony Crawler brilliant and then you've got Callum Smith uh, possibly the standout fight on Sky Sports for, for the uh, autumn winter period November the 23rd in, uh, in Liverpool uh, can't wait for that so some really powerful Matchroom UK shows to end the year on and you add a, a next gen or two that we'll be doing JD next gen and then add this tournament too you know we've got the quarterfinals before Christmas at the three different weights and the semis and final the business end at the uh, as we go to uh, towards the summer part of 2020 and uh, yeah it's just a really good idea 
prize fighter. People laughed at it at first. And what a great run we had with that. I would say of, I don't know how many there were, 40, 50 prize fighters. There was maybe two or three that sort of failed to deliver. The others were fantastic. Unsung heroes, great stories. People had a real chance. You know, Audley Harrison even came through that. Martin Rogan winning the inaugural one. The cab driver, absolutely fantastic. I, I remember him. I could see him, Lee Wood just out the corner of my eye. Uh, the Nottingham man. He says he's number one, and I tell you what, maybe he will end up number one, but uh, Ryan Walsh, probably the favourite. What I like about this tournament, Danny, is that actually it's not the sort of the quick blast, which was great on one night with a cash prize, but this is, you know, the ten rounds. This is sort of high-quality boxing, as you said, with, with fighters that maybe have slipped under the radar, haven't had the opportunities. Not only do they have the opportunities to, to fight and get food to the end of a tournament, but they've got the, the golden contract at the end and the chance then to really make some money for the winner or of it so it's uh, it's life changing Right, so Friday night, your call, mm. MTK Golden Contract. You've seen yeah. the draw now. Yeah. Just, uh, yeah, preview. Looking for forward to it, yeah. I think um, Sky, MTK, done a great job getting it all up, up and running. I think it's a really interesting format. I like the draw, I like the way that was all picked, and a couple of really good quarterfinals, particularly like the Jazza Dickens matchup with uh, Ramos, is it? Yes. Good fight. Um, again, Lee Wood is in a good fight as Joyce, well yeah. against uh, David Oliver Joyce. Um, Ryan. Walsh. I, I keep sort of trying to get my head around that that's just the quarterfinals and then we've got to wait till the next show for the semis because I'm sort of in prize might mentality where it's like oh blimey those semis could be really good but the good news is that's a standalone show in themselves so uh, going to be tuned in from out here somehow and uh, I think it's going to be good a lot on the line exciting if it's a success we're, obviously we've got a couple of tournaments mm. Uh, weight categories. Will you consider doing this with MCK in the future with Sky? Yeah, of course. I mean, look, our job on Sky is to deliver the best boxing content we can. I think, again, like the zone, if you look at the Sky Sports boxing schedule from now to the end of the year, it's absolutely top, top draw. So we looked at this with MTK. Um, I thought it was a great idea, great format. I thought, let's get it on Sky. We did the deal. It's on Sky. Great news for UK fight fans. Um, great news for the MTK fighters because they're getting additional exposure as well on a much bigger platform than IFL. Uh, I'm joking. And um, yeah, I think it's, everybody wins. Everybody wins. So that's the nature of a great deal. Someone getting exposure is Lee Eaton. Should we give a shout out to him? Shout out to Lee Eaton. I love <laughs> Lee Eaton. He, was, he made me laugh when he was doing his subscription, uh, his, you know, his uh, um, ex explanation of the draw. You know, when he says, my favourite line was, it's got velvet bags and that. You know? Like the FA yeah, Cup. He's doing a great job because <laughs> Lee, Lee Eaton's been around the scene for a long time. Smashed you know, it. All the, the small hall shows. He was given an opportunity with MTK and he's gone out and he's grafting away and uh, no, he's a good lad. Blue balls. Blue, 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 blue balls. <laughs> Cheers, Ed. Yeah, Thank you. Right.
Hi there, I'm Danny Flexen and welcome to the latest edition of Seconds Out Flexpectations. We're here, as you probably know by now, every Thursday, 4.30pm to look ahead to the weekend's boxing action. Biggest event taking place this weekend is of course the return of Triple G, Gennady Golovkin, the Kazakh terror, uh, you may as well call him a legend. Now he's certainly a future Hall of Famer and he's kind of gone back um, to basics a little bit in that when he was reigning as a world champion for a long time before he had those fights with the likes of Danny Jacobs and Canelo he tended to pick out the very best of the fringe contenders out there because he couldn't nail down at the time those really big fights and he's kind of gone back to that again with a third fight with Canelo off the table for the time being despite both being with the zone Canelo's obviously moving up in weight to challenge Sergei Kovalev in November this weekend, uh, Golovkin will go for one of his old belts, the IBF uh, middleweight title, against Sergei Derevianchenko. Now, Derevianchenko presents a tough challenge, although he's kind of been written off to an extent in the build-up to this. Golovkin's still quite fresh with his new trainer, Jonathan Banks. He's, he seems to be changing styles a little bit as well, which at his age and after such a long amateur and pro career, the, the kind of whether that's sensible or not remains to be seen. But he's going in against Derevianchenko, whose only defeat in, I think, 13, maybe 14 pro fights is against Daniel Jacobs, and, and, and he gave him a good fight. He's come back since then with a, a good win, impressive win over Jack Colquire, and now fights Golovkin, and believes he's seen some kind of flaws in Golovkin, especially at this advanced age, that he can exploit. Um, Derevianchenko, he's got an excellent jab, he's a good mover, he's a good, really good technical boxer, he really knows what he's doing in there. And I don't think this will be the walkover many are predicting. I looked at the odds earlier, and I'm not going to kind of encourage anyone's part with their money because, you know, I'm often wrong about a lot of things, not just boxing. Um, but Golovkin to win on points, which is what I would kind of predict if I had a gun to my head, is 6-4, to four, which isn't bad at all, really. You know, Golovkin is known as a banger, but in recent times, as he's gone up in the levels, he has been extended the full 12 rounds more often. And Derevianchenko is a robust, kind of durable sort. It will take something special to get him out of there, I think. Um, I see more of a chess match, especially in the early going. Um, I definitely feel Golovkin, even now, is the superior fighter, but I'm not sure he will stop him. But that's just my opinion. And, and then it's on to see if you know if Canelo beats Kovalev, or even if he doesn't, whether a third fight between those guys can be arranged. Golovkin's certainly not going to harm his standing or his negotiating power when that comes to fruition by having an IBF title, by having a world belt. Um, also this weekend, I should just mention, um, Friday night, so tomorrow night, is the first MTK Golden Contract Tournament quarterfinals in the featherweight division. And it's already been kicking off before it's even started. We saw earlier today um, Mexican Carlos Orojo, if I've pronounced that correctly, it doesn't matter because he's out of the tournament now anyway, so I can pronounce it however I want. Felil got replaced by Razak Najib, um, who will now be fighting Tyrone McCullough. Obviously difficult for McCullough to um, change opponent at short notice, but bear in mind the golden contract competitors only pick their opponents on Monday, uh, no, sorry, Tuesday, so three days before fight night anyway. So it doesn't really make that much difference in that sense. And Najib's come in late, obviously got everything, he was one of the reserves, got everything to gain, very little to lose. But McCullough is still, you know, several levels above Najib based on their resume, so you would expect him to, to get the job done. Um, but also today at the weigh-in, it kicked off between the Walsh brothers, or at least two of them, um, and Wal uh, Ryan Walsh's opponent in the quarterfinals, Cuban Heron uh, Sakaris. Uh, 
keep your hair on if you like. I've already used that one on Twitter, but you can have it on YouTube as well. Um, he did keep his hair on. He kind of he wound the Walsh brothers up a bit. There seemed to be some dispute over whether the Cuban had made the weight correctly or not, although you know the official said he had. Um, and then he got into it with um, Ryan Walsh during the stare down. And as he was walking off the days, got into it with more kind of uh, colourful language, it's fair to say, with former pro and Walsh's older brother, Michael Walsh, who, um, well, watch the video on our YouTube channel and you'll see exactly what he threatened to do and which phraseology he used to do so. Um, but it's all very exciting, even in the build-up. I haven't really got any tips as such, but what I would say is that Carlos Gomez, the Spaniard, who's the Spanish champion and the EU champion, is overpriced at 10-1 to 1 against Jazza Dickens. If I had to pick, I would pick Dickens to win, don't get me wrong, a very talented operator. And Gomez has been struggling with the weight noticeably this week, training often in a sweatsuit. Having said that, he is aggressive, he is talented, he's coming in off on a good winning run, and he's a puncher. So I wouldn't kind of rule out him winning. And at 10 to 1, they're great odds in a two-horse race. But make sure you tune into that. That's on Sky Sports from 8 o'clock, I believe, tomorrow. And then obviously switching over to Golovkin, Derevian, Chenko too. Um, not two as in they fought before, but as well as the Golden Contract fights. Um, let us know which fight you're most looking forward to this weekend. What you make of Golovkin at this stage of his career as he regressed. Um, and what sort of chance you give Derevianchenko. I'll read some of the comments, maybe respond to a few of them. Um, but I'll be back obviously next week for Flexpectations next Thursday, 4.30pm. I'll be here to reflect on all the weekend's action at the aptly named, or in the aptly named, Reflections, Monday at 4.30pm. Really appreciate your time. It's always a pleasure and I'll see you again soon. Cheers. Bit of news that may come surprising to some, I don't know if you've seen it, but this morning or yesterday, Andy Ruiz said he's been approached about representing yeah. Mexico at the Olympics, because mm. professionals can now compete yeah. at the Olympics. What is your take on that one? I think there's about as much chance of that happening as uh, me getting slim or you touching six foot. <laughs> So that's like, you know, I mean, it's, 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 a, it's a great story. Well, I brought my weight in, so I thought it was only fair. I think it's a great story, but I can't see in a million years how, you know, unless the government came up with a load of money, which they won't. It's a backward step, though, as well. I, I don't, do I don't, this whole pro thing, I mean, you saw it recently in the, Olymp in the World Championships where Jelovov, or whatever his name was, the Uzbek heavyweight, mm. knocked out, I uh, can't even remember now, the, the US uh, number one. I mean, a devastating knockout. I mean, the kind of knockout that can change careers. You know, you've got this brilliant young prospect, American heavyweight, yeah. who goes into this tournament, you know, and he gets knocked out by this 8-0 professional. And the knockout was so bad, like, they, you know, like I said, it could be career-ending. So, I don't know. Um, I, I'm not big on that whole amateur and pro thing. I mean, would Andy Ruiz win the Olympics? He's got a great style for three-round amateur fights. Yeah. So maybe when it goes and win the Olympics. I mean, I, I like the idea if that's how it's going to be. Hey, doing all right? But at the same time, yeah. I don't think pros should yeah. be allowed in, in the amateur oh, events. Exactly, because it is a sport where you know, time is off the essence in terms of just the business side of getting fights. Not, not just that, it's a different sport. You know, the aim of, uh, the, aim of the amateurs is, is much more 
technical. It's much more, you know, score of a scoring. And, and you know, I don't. I think once you've experienced the pro game, you're a lot more dangerous as a fighter as you are when you're in the amateur code. And as you found out there, with, with that heavyweight knockout from the Uzbek who won the world championships. Just touch on the KSI Logan Paul mm. two undercard again. There's been rumours of Paulie Malignaggi and Artem Lobov. Yes. They had that bare knuckle fight early in the year. Don't mm. know if you caught that, but they're considering. Yeah, I spoke rivalry. to Paulie. Paulie messaged me and said, "Do you want to do the rematch on that card?" And do you know, like you got to keep your head because the whole thing's just gone so crazy that I don't know what I'm going to do. You know, I've got that one. I've got Jake Paul. Uh, wants to fight all these other people that I've never heard of as well. I've got thousands of messages on my Instagram constantly. The card of the year. Yeah, but you know, saying why aren't you putting Jake Paul on and box this guy? And there was a guy who fought last night. Was there called Fousey or something like this? Fousey Tube, and he was he boxed and he lost and he was one of the. I mean, I just I've lost track. But from I, you know, I have to say, the Paulie Malinaji Artem Lobarov fight first time around was a fight that I was very interested in mm. because of the hype and because both guys can, can fight a little bit yeah. but I wasn't really interested in the bare knuckle side because I'm, yeah. I'm not crazy on that so do we do that on a card I don't know you know it's probably one more for DAZN than you know me I, I would be happy to I don't see why that you fight, that fight then? I think so yeah a separate I event. think so not, not as a separate event but on a card on, a card. on an undercard now, if you're going to put another fight on Ten rounder between someone you've never heard of and someone else. Why wouldn't you put that fight on? Mm. You know, one as if it was a bad fight, but I just think that Paulie. Yeah, you know, I, I think that his his time in boxing is he's done. But if there's a one-off fight for him, I mean, I always felt that McGregor should fight Paulie. 100%. That's what I always I always felt that because I felt McGregor could beat him. You know, and that was a genuine 50-50 boxing match. Yeah. And there was all obviously a lot of beef. That ship sailed now. Anyway, but you know, we'll see what happens with, with a rematch of their fight. I don't rule it out, but I don't think it's something we're looking at too closely at the moment, but who knows? I know we spoke early in the year when McGregor came to one of your cards in Boston. Mm. Did you have a long chat or anything? No, it was, to be honest, like, it was more, that was more um, you know, a situation where um, I was almost not in awe of him, but... I've never met him before, so I was quite character. like, yeah, well, you know, he is, because he's like, you know, walking down the corridor of the yeah. fights, and he's, he's got a massive aura, 100%. massive aura. So I was a bit like, I was a bit in awe, you know, I just, I just sort of said, hi, oh, can, can I have a photo with you, mate? He's like, hey, Eddie, how you doing? I thought, fuck, well, you know me. Yeah. And, um, you know, it was, it was great to have him there. But again, I don't know what's happening with his, you know, his career or his fight. I don't, I'm not really up to speed on the MMA and UFC side, but I do know that he would always be probably the biggest draw in UFC. Do you think if he ever stepped foot back inside the boxing ring that you'd be the man that he'd call? Uh, I'd like to think so, yeah. but he's got a big enough brand. I mean, it's almost like, does, does he, he do really need me? Yeah, oh, thanks for that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's um, where I was um, getting to. Yeah, I was getting yeah. to. Yeah, he, he probably could. Look, I think a lot of the time, it's a bit like Gennady Golovkin, you know, with us representing. Mm. He, he can do it himself, but we can do it better yeah. with him. You know, not for him, with him. So it's very much, you know, once they get to those kind of levels, a partnership, where you say to someone like Connor, look, we know you're the boss, you're the brand, but behind the scenes, you know, in terms of revenue, in terms of PR, in terms of profile, in terms of logistics and, and general management of a show to make your life easier, we're as slick as they come. So, and that's where the relationships come in with Gennady mm. as well. 
Uh, and when you get those kind of things, kind of, it's, you know, it's a big honour because those guys can go with anybody, and they've identified us and said, no, we want to work match, and that's you know, that's, that's that's big for us. Mm -hmm.